Parsons. And I'm Shauna West. Welcome to the Creative Exponent Podcast. This is a place where we talk about discovering, upholding, and sharing your creativity. Hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 6 of the Creative Exponent Podcast. And today we're going to talk about creative wounding. And not just, we're going to talk about overcoming it. Mm -hmm. So don't like... (laughs) Don't be like, okay, I was in a good mood and I'm not going to listen to this now. Um, We're always about looking at the positive side of things. Um, Yes. We did not earn our doctorates before Mm -hmm. we did this episode. (laughs) So we're talking about this really from an experience standpoint and also from just like what we've seen and heard from other people. This is not from a medical perspective a psychiatric perspective. good job on the disclaimer there yep (laughs) yeah just making sure um you know that that's clear but what we've learned and it's really funny we didn't realize when we're like let's do a podcast about creativity Mm -hmm. we just you know as we get into the conversations we're like this is really deep soul stuff yes yeah maybe we're not qualified to be talking (laughs) about We can at least share our own experiences, yes, and our own thoughts around it. But yes, I mean, it is very deep. It's so tied to to who we are, you know. So it is. It's we do often feel like, man, should we go back to school (laughs) to do this? Yeah, I don't know. I may like that. Don't put it past me. (laughs) I might. You know, I can see that in you. Mm -hmm. I can see that. I I don't think I will, but. (laughs) Um, I'll just read a lot of books. Yes, exactly. Um, (laughs) So you can go, and I'm still sick, guys. I'm going to try to mute my coughs if they come, but every once in a while it just like comes out and can't do anything about it. Nope. Um, So let's let's like set this up because not maybe some people are like, uh, okay, creative wounding. (laughs) What's what's that? What are we going to be listening to? So let, we'll kind of set that up. Like what, so what is creative wounding yeah. and how, how is it showing up? What, what is it? Yeah. How does it manifest? Well, you know, it's kind of like our, I just thought about this a second ago, you know, Jean Oliver, when we did the episode with her, she brought up in, in our episode, <clears throat> excuse me, we've both been sick, by the way, this should be fun. Um, so yeah. anyway, um, she did bring this up that, you know, so many people, uh, new artists and, you know, people taking her workshops are people who will share, you know, the reason that they're not doing it or that they stopped, you know, is often because, you know, words spoken over their work, you know, and I think that's where we, we see it showing up in a lot of ways. You know, it's basically just anything in my view, it's anything that deters you from doing something creative you love uh, that's really outside of a reason you choose for yourself. You know, that's, yeah. that's what wounding is, just like it would be in our, our normal, everyday, other parts of our lives. You know, it's, it's something that happens that almost makes you feel like your hand is forced, you know, and you, mm-hmm. you react to it in, in a way that you kind of lose or you give over the ability to choose whether or not this is something you'll continue to do. Yeah. Or even try to do. Right. I think that there are, um, and I think we talked about this a little bit with Jean Oliver, that creative wounding can be something that um, like people don't realize they're doing it to other people. I mean, I think that happens wounding in general. Like we say something and we don't realize the weight it had on somebody or the effect it had or how it made them feel. And, um, so we'll talk about that as well. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I think a lot of the wounding happens in children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, usually coming from somebody, usually, sadly, it comes from a parent or mm-hmm. it comes from somebody who is creative themselves. Maybe yeah. it's like an art teacher or a music teacher or a dance teacher um, or somebody who's kind of in this position of, of authority, authority who... Yeah. Um, especially as a kid, you feel like maybe they set the ultimate standard of what is good and what's not good. Mm -hmm. And, 
um, and then you listen to that. Well, my art teacher said I'm, I don't have a lot of potential mm-hmm. in this area. So yeah, um, I actually remember very vividly. Well, actually, let me finish that thought because I think in some kids, there's this determination that comes out. Sure, where it's like. Oh, oh no. Oh no, you didn't. <laughs> Let me show you. You don't know. Yeah, you do yeah. not know what I'm capable of. Um and then I think in other people it's just like this they they're just like oh, okay. They're just defeated. Right, well, yeah. Then I just won't do that. Yeah, completely mm-hmm. defeated. And um I remember in high school I did have a I had a wonderful drama teacher. But I remember one time, and maybe she was just having a bad day. Maybe we were irritating her. I don't know what. But I remember her kind of mocking the idea that any of us would ever act professionally. Yeah. And I remember her saying very vividly, none of you are good enough. Oh, jeez. I know. Now, I don't think she meant it to wound anybody. Right, I think but it was maybe her like, I'm going to do, I'm going to do you guys a favor and give yeah. you a dose of reality here. Yeah. But to me, who that had been my whole life, I was planning on going to college for acting and yeah. that was going to, I was going to be on Broadway. That was my thing. Ugh. Okay. And- yeah. Here's my thing <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea Shana we were going to press on. <laughs> yep. We were going <laughs> to press on this button, but here's the thing. I just feel like now I feel like we're on an episode of Joe Rogan or something like that. Cause I'm just going to lay this out there. You know, the thing is, is I'm sure she didn't. And you know, people, I've experienced the same kind of thing. You know, there's this, this thing we do where we say, well, they didn't mean it. And it's like, not that I believe that we should hold people to this standard of perfection where, you know, they're not able to mess up or make a mistake, but I do believe we should challenge each other that, you know what, your words really matter. They matter a lot. And Mm. what you say to people is a big dang deal. And... (laughs) You know, this book that I read once, you would probably totally hate it. It's a little out there, but it's called (laughs) The The Four Agreements. And uh, it talks about, you know, all these agreements. You know, actually, it's pretty in line with what we talk about a lot. But, you know, all the agreements that we make, you know, with other people and with teachers and parents and um, people in our lives all along the way. And it's about breaking those agreements, which is basically just breaking patterns. And then the agreements you should make again, Mm -hmm. with yourself, the four that really matter. And they talk about how words are really, they are magic. They are either used for good or for evil. And man, I'm telling you, I just believe that. And, and I know, you know, I know I have to be specifically, so I'll speak to myself, careful about not holding someone to a standard where there's no forgiveness in that or no grace, but it's like, I also am just past this point in my life where I say things to people that I'm super close to. You just don't get to have like free pass after free pass to treat me Mm -hmm. poorly with your words. I'm sorry. Like that's not love. That's not, um, that's not what I believe to be faith filled and, and all those things. So it's, it's not about not forgiving. It's about, you know, those things, the weight of them actually being viewed as important, you know, like, Maybe if we have a bad day, we need to go home, (laughs) you know, Mm. before we, you know, and I know we're all going to do it. We're all going to make mistakes and say something, you know, uh, wounding or hurtful or I'll do it too. But man, that just gets my blood boiling. That's a big deal because, you know, I think about my daughter, you know, specifically because she's super affected by, by words and I already see some of that wounding in her, you know, that started Mm. and it's just. It's crazy, you know? So, yeah, words matter <laughs> to all yeah, of us. Yeah, they do. And I actually yes. had that to talk about on here that, you know, mm-hmm. what we can do is watch our words to yeah. be a positive influence on the yeah. creativity of others. Like, if you yeah. think somebody's drawing is not good, like, don't... Who cares? Just let that go. Don't say yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, don't say it. If they're, no. if they're not the best dancer on the stage or they're not... Right. And, and you even wrote this down that we have such a system of like reward and accomplishments yeah. and, you know, you got, you know, this person got the... Especially, I think it, it does show up in 
in art, in mm-hmm. creative, in the creative world, in acting, because it's yeah. like only one person can get the lead. Yeah. Or only one, you can't, I mean, you can give everybody a participation ribbon, but only mm-hmm. one girl got to be Annie. So, yeah. you know, so that there does become this hierarchy of like, well, this girl was better. Yeah. My daughter's better. This kid, mm-hmm. you know, I'm better than you. Well, you're better than me. Exactly. And, and I think, and I think it can set up this, you know, um, just the whole, I think the whole art world in general is set up that you just have to be resilient mm-hmm. because um, just thinking like from an acting perspective, like you have to be able to audition and be picked apart and yep. be rejected yep. repeatedly over and over um, until you get a part. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. and then even after you get a great part, then you go back to being, um, assessed and potentially rejected Mm -hmm. and it's kind of this never-ending cycle and I think the same thing with arts you've got art with art you've got art critics with music you've got you know are you able to make an album or not does does this you know person you're singing for like your sound or not are you you the right look you know so it becomes this you're subjecting yourself constantly to criticism well and Um, too think about like with our kids you know it's the same way you know at and I'm not like picking apart our educational system so let me just disclaim that that's not what I'm <laughs> not going We're there get emails from art right. teachers and yes that's teachers. not what I'm doing um our school for instance has a lovely art teacher so it's like you know but you know there's this that system is started you know it's it started really young you know I mean down to of course their test scores but even in things like, you know, art, really the only way for them to to get recognition is for it to be entered into, you know, some kind of local competition or, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. So like my daughter, for instance, I see it in her not so much because she's receiving blatant negativity, but once she receives, you know, some praise or recognition for it, and then that's not followed up with the same thing, you know, it's, it's hard. She, you know, it makes her feel like, well, I didn't do a good job. I didn't do well, you know, and I'm, I was good last year. I'm not good this year, you know, mm-hmm. which God help her for being mine. Cause you know, then we get into super deep things that a 10 year old <laughs> is never going to understand, but one day she will, you know, and I yeah. do hope to talk to her in a way, you know, that gives her the, you know, the, the, I guess the benefit of the doubt that she's going to hopefully hear some of that sooner than she even needs to. And maybe, maybe she'll be able to carry it with her. But yeah, it's that, that system I think is just kind of started when we're really young, you know, without us even realizing it, you know? And it doesn't, you know, so this is really interesting. I watched um, Miss Americana on Netflix, which Mm -hmm. is a documentary on Taylor Swift. And I was interested in it really from a creative perspective. Mm Mm-hmm. It it kind of turned political, but I thought yeah. it was very inter- It was a very interesting watch, anyway. And um, one thing that I found just fascinating is they started. Uh, it was early on, but um, they showed Taylor Swift on the phone with, um, I guess, a one of her managers mm-hmm. or something who was reading the Grammy results to her, the Grammy nomination yeah. results, and her album Reputation was not nominated, and you could see you could just see this, you know, that she was distraught about yeah. that. Heaviness. And it's because she's experienced so much success. I, I mm. think she just didn't know what to do with that. That like, so she's like, well, I just need to make a, yeah. a better album. That's what I need to do. I need to make a better album. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. and it was just like, man, it never, it doesn't stop that need no. for resilience it doesn't yeah. stop even though she everyone would say she's made it that you know i don't think sure. anybody can argue that she's made it right. millions and millions and millions of dollars millions of followers yeah. millions of yeah. albums sold so many awards and yet in that moment it, it all wasn't that enough, still sucked you know? yeah <laughs> Yeah, yes. yeah it did. <laughs> that's a good way to exactly. put it. Yeah, no, I watched it so, too. I felt the same way. I think you're right. It's just a, it's just the way of the world, you know. It's that deep. I believe we probably have systems. This is getting super deep, but we probably have systems set up like that because we're all human. Obviously, we created all these, these ways we do things, and you know, it really is just built within us to 
to have approval and acceptance. And, you know, it's kind of like that tribal mentality, you know, it's just, it's part of who we are, you know, to, to find like-minded people or people who say you did good, you're good, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's like, we love the competition and we hate it at the same time. Yeah, We love it when we win, when we're recognized and then we hate it when somebody else is recognized. We're not. not. Um, And I think the other thing, the reason why we see this in arts a lot is, and probably in sports too, is that um, art is not taken as a serious career. If you say like, I want to be a writer, I want to be an artist. It's better um, now, but yeah, it's still. It is better now. Yeah. Yeah. At least it's like, well, you could do graphic design, which is an Mm -hmm. artistic thing. Like there are more artistic fields that are relevant now. And I think with the advent of like people making entire careers off of, um, like I, I was reading in Where Women Create about a woman who was doing yarn bombing, which I had never heard of that before, yeah. but it's like basically doing graffiti in yarn. That's and cool. she did it for 30 days on Instagram and um, it just grew this huge following. And, wow. you know, she's like patented a crochet hook. She did a, she crocheted a <laughs> billboard yep. in Times Square. I mean, it's just like, she was able to quit her job. So it's like in this day and age where people can make yeah. careers out of yarn bombing, yep. like, it is more relevant. But I think that still happens when somebody says, I want to be an actor, a musician. Yeah. I want it, to, it is like, well, what's your plan B? What are you going to do? You if know, that you work see out? that. Yes, you see it though, as you're saying that. It's not that you don't see those success stories now. It's that when you're moving about in your daily life at the grocery store or at your spouse's place of work or at, you know, if you're working outside of your, you know, creative business, if you're at your your workplace, school, that's where you see, I think, that show up. Sort of that, um, huh, is that... Is that what you, is that what you do for a living? <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, that's where you're gonna, I think, run into that more because you're not in the, you're not really in the quote creative arts world at that moment. You're just in, you know, your normal everyday life, and that's or or for me, that's where I've seen that pop up. You know, um, mm-hmm. somebody said to me just <laughs> just this last week, actually, what what is it that you do now? <laughs> <laughs> this person's known me for a long time, okay? Yeah. Uh, you know, has followed me on all my stuff, you know, channels and everything. And um, I guess now because I can't, people stopped asking me that for a time when I had the brick and mortars because I could say I own a shop, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like this clear, easy, digestible, you know, <laughs> thing that they understood, <laughs> But, you know, so much of creative work, just like what the story you're telling, that's um, that's not necessarily something you hear every day. So it's just easy to run into that, you know, as you're moving yeah. about your life. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm pretty protective of that with um, mm-hmm. as we've worked with youth when, yeah, you know, when they're saying like they need a they need a plan B. This isn't a realistic thing. Yeah. And I'm all like. Don't do that. Because, <laughs> right. um, and I'm a little biased because my degree is in musical theater, which is maybe considered an mm-hmm. incredibly useless degree. But I learned so many valuable things in that, and I'm really glad yeah. that my parents didn't fight me on that. Um, yeah. even, I would have done it anyway. I was very headstrong with this kind of thing. I was, I was no. doing it. Um, yeah. Not you. <laughs> but they were supportive of it, and yeah. um, and I'm really thankful that they were. But I learned so many valuable skills about presenting myself about being able to be resilient against rejection um I learned how to manage myself as an entrepreneur Mm because as an actor you're your own asset you're your business so I learned a lot of really good stuff and I can tap dance too so on top well and now I mean (laughs) I can tap dance lord (laughs) I mean you know now think about all all the degrees you can get in the arts you know it's way outside of just an art degree you know or even Mm -hmm. just musical theater like all of the the tiny little microcosms, you know, there, there's mm. so many fields that you can explore and, you know, that, you know, that can lead you to a really incredible career, you know? So, yeah, but I think, I think those are the places I've seen it show up most, you know? Um, and then 
I think the way we, we didn't really take notes on this or write this down, but the way that we see it in our own lives, it's that voice, you know, in your head that it's come from somewhere, you know, it's come from somewhere. You're not innately born with all this insecurity. You know, we develop that over time. Just look at kids, you know, they think their stuff is awesome. They think that they're, you know, and I'm seeing that a lot right now and reminded of that a lot with my fiance's daughter. She is six and, you know, my kids are a little older. And so Mm -hmm. it's just funny when I watch the things that, you know, that Ava, my daughter is struggling with or facing and, you know, how she'll worry. It's it's built over time. That's developed in her because when she was six, she was the same way. You know, she would say, look how beautiful this is that I just, you know, made. I mean, they're totally confident, you know. Yeah. It's eventually somebody tells them it's not or somebody says, well, yeah, but you need to think about this because that's not super practical or, you know what yep. I mean? It can be yep. subtle. It doesn't have to be. Um, I think, yeah, it I doesn't think, have to be this rude, mean, yeah. nasty comment. Yeah. It can just be like, well, you know. Yeah, maybe don't, maybe, maybe don't you dream try too big this. now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it can be, it can be subtle. Um, yeah. And I think we just never know what our words are going to, how they're going to no. affect people, how people are going to digest them. So yeah. I think one thing that's important to do for overcoming the creative wounding is to write down your negative self-talk. So the things that you're like in regards to creativity specifically, um, what are the things that like when you think about drawing, Mm -hmm. what do you, what do you say when you think about picking up an instrument, when you think about singing in public or just, you know, singing somewhere where somebody else can hear you? Yeah. What are, what are the things that come to mind or dancing? What are the things that come to mind? And a lot of times it's something like, well, nobody wants me on their Pictionary team <laughs> because <laughs> they can't discern what I'm drawing. Right. Um, maybe it's, well, I did, you know, I took ballet when I was a kid and I just was really awkward. Yeah. And so I, you know, my, neg- my self-talk is I, I can't dance. That's mm-hmm. just not going to be something I do. I don't have good rhythm. You know, so th- write down what that negative self-talk is. And then really think about it. Like this is going to be something that you have to marinate on for a while. Um, Can you tie it to a moment when you were picked last for the Pictionary team or when somebody said, oh, my gosh, I can't tell what you're drawing because it's so bad or, or, you know, um, anyway, whatever it might be. Can you tie it to a moment? And then I think – then when you're able to say like, okay, this is where it came from. And then it's like, man, I've always imagined myself drawing and I'm not going to draw. Like I'm not willing to even give it a try Mm -hmm. because someone couldn't tell that I was drawing the continent of Asia on Pictionary. That's the reason why I'm not going to do this. You know, it kind of, I think it, um, we've talked about this before at like, turns the light on mm-hmm. so you can see what's there and yeah. and actually deal with it. And I think in many cases, sometimes it may be something very dramatic that happened, but mm-hmm. in many cases, it's something that's just kind of silly. Some comment someone said, something that was the way we felt that we really internalized and never quite... Oh, never yeah. quite let it go, you know. Man, I'm just yeah, I'm just getting like hot and worked up thinking about this. I just think it matters so <laughs> much, you know. I mean, it really, really does matter. And you know, I'm seeing that right now in my son, and maybe that's why this this is pressing on me. But you know, he is he is really internalized from school, from teachers. You know that he's not social and. It's like, and I know that's not creativity, but you know what it does do? It affects his creativity uh, Mm -hmm. because he will get on and, um, you know, he's younger. So, I mean, you know, this is not something he does without supervision um, and monitoring. But, like, he'll get on and make these really creative, great, like, little YouTube videos where he'll, you know, he'll walk you through how to do something and make something. And it's just great. And, you know... Enough, though, enough people 
or enough words like that that are spoken. I love the way Gene Oliver worded that, spoken over him. Um, mm. They will affect that. You know, they start making a person feel like, well, but maybe I, you know what it is? This is it. It makes you not trust yourself. All those voices eventually, even when they're not meant in a harmful way, we begin to look to other people to tell us who we are and what we do, you know, and what we're supposed to be about. And, you know, we don't keep that just on our shoulders. And that's not the same thing as, you know, rejecting all other wisdom or thoughts, you know, from people we love and trust, but, you know, us being able to to internally decide who we are and what we care about and, mm-hmm. you know, the way we're going to, to do work in the world or whatever, you know, it is, is it's really powerful. And I think we start to lose that, you know, when we're young. We just start listening a lot to what people tell us, this is the truth, you know, and this is mm-hmm. the truth about you. And you don't know because you're a child. That's another thing we do to our kids. We say, uh, you know you don't understand. You know, we do as parents and we say it all the dang time. And it's like, that may be true. They may not, but they better learn, you know? And so I think that it's, it's wise. I know we've already talked about this, but it's really wise to be really careful, you know, careful with our words. And I think you're right. If we can maybe go back and think about moments like that, you know, finding those moments, it, takes some of the fear out of it and it at least identifies it as something we can deal with you know it's not mm-hmm. just this immovable force you know um, okay so I might be a little embarrassed or okay this one person did say this horrible thing about me or you know my painting when I was you know 12 but who cares what they think now you know I'm 40 <laughs> or you know whatever right, right. Um, it can take some of that that fear away yeah, I, I think so as well. And then if there was a really big, horrible moment, yeah. um, then, you know, there there just needs to be forgiveness there to yeah. be able to, to well, just on, healing. Yep. Yeah, yep. To, to have it no longer affect you anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think that that's a good thing for you to journal through and, and mm-hmm. to think through. And, um, and I think it's also important to not let those negative voices be the only voices that you listen to because, um, and, and we know from, you know, if you look at, uh, social media, you could get like 150 great glowing, fantastic comments. And then you get one person who's like, well, I hate what you do. That's ugly. Yeah. (laughs) And then it's like, that's the one that you, you know, that you remember that stings that you stew on that that has you second guessing yourself. Like there are times when I've made really big, we've talked about this, like I've made really big decisions based on something that like two people had a slightly negative reaction to. And then that made me totally change my plan. And it's like, you know, we do that. We allow those negative comments to have a lot more weight than the positive ones. And so um, I think it's really important to um, to pay attention to those positive voices, to collect them, yes. you know, put them on a billboard, write them in a journal, those mm-hmm. people who compliment you, write down the things, save those nice emails. Like it's important yeah. to make sure that you're giving those positive voices the weight that they deserve and not just listening to the negative ones, whether yes. they're your own or whether they're like, if you're always telling yourself that your work is bad and anyone who you show it to says, it's just amazing. Their mind is blown that you're so talented. <laughs> then there's a disconnect here with like how yeah. you see yourself and how, so th- I think you can um, start to get on the road to fix mm-hmm. that. If you pay attention and write down those positive voices. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, you, you know, realize that pay attention to the positive ones, but also do this. Note, note to yourself that you, the weight of the negative ones is much bigger than you realize. Even the way you feel in a moment, you don't usually know the weight that those things carry. So just pay attention if you can, as you can to what choices you're making and why, you know. And I 
thought of this this past week, and it's funny that we're talking about this now. But, you know, so I've been a little bit vulnerable, and we've talked a little bit about, you know, some of the things I've experienced over the last few years. But I I will tell you this, and I'll try to keep it super brief, but I'm telling Marion like we're on the phone because it's something she and I have talked about a lot. Um, But, you know, I've always talked about how after my divorce, I really needed to step away from writing on the blog and that it was just... I needed a minute of quiet, I needed rest, I needed time uh, alone, and I do think that's true, Uh, but I do also recognize now that, you know, when I had to announce that, it was, and by no means does this, was this like a famous moment, but you know, I mean, for my audience, they knew who, you know, I was, they knew who we were uh, as a family, and um, so when I announced that, it was maybe three months, four months after our pilot had aired on HGTV. So it was, a, you know, it was public enough. You know what I mean? It was, it was plenty yeah. public for me. <laughs> so, you know, it was this very raw thing. But I knew then if I didn't at least talk about it, I probably would never write again. And, you know, I remember everyone being super supportive, but one person... Mm-hmm ripped me, when I say apart, I mean apart. And I was at a place where I was creatively resilient. I didn't get super up in arms about, you know, comments anymore and things like that. But, you know, the amount of judgment I feel like that I received, you know, my heart was just not ready to bear that at that time, you know. And Mm. that probably shaped, without me even understanding it shaped the belief for me because one of the things sort of hammered home in that thread was that, you know, if I had been a better a better wife and a better mom and been more present at home, maybe I wouldn't have found myself in this, you know, this position. And, you know, the thing is, is while I knew at the time that that was not true, you know, I, I was not perfect as a wife or as a mom, but man, I loved my family, you know, the same way I do now and, and was very purposeful about it. So I knew that wasn't true, but I couldn't help but internalize that, you know, and I think what that did for me is it created a divide between sharing my work and being successful and being a good mom. And, Mm. you know, that is like, now we're getting into, (laughs) yeah, it affected my, it was creative wounding, but that affected, you know, the choices I made for my life and how I moved, again, moved through the world, you know. So I think that just, you know, that's just a note of caution, you know, for us to pay attention to when we're making choices not to do the creative work we love, you know, like you said, try to go back to that moment, try to figure out, what things, what events led to you making that decision, you know, so you can put it through a filter and decide if the negative things actually carried more weight than you even knew at the time. Yeah. You know, yeah. sorry, I, I know that was super to... personal, but no, it's important. I, but I, that's so true, especially in this online space. Yeah. People will just rip other people apart and it, yeah. it, I don't understand how people can be so just like overtly awful to somebody else. (laughs) I mean, it's just like baffling to me. It's one thing to be like, man, that girl on that girl, I'm perfectly imperfect now. (laughs) Like she I'm so disappointed in her and she didn't, you know, but to to actually sit down and type that. Oh yeah. And then push the send button. Sure. Takes just this level of mm-hmm. um just unkindness. Yeah. That Somebody is so staggering to me. Yeah. And I know like so we have this as a point too to recognize that the people who are saying these things, the people who wound you, um they almost certainly have wounding of their yeah, own. They do. That they do. is, that comment was probably about 10% about you mm-hmm. and 90% about her. Absolutely. And something that happened in her life, yeah. whether it was directly or indirectly, that colored the way she saw that entire yeah. thing. Yep. And I think that, and I've learned this too, that people project their wounding and their fears on you. Oh, gosh, if they're yeah. afraid to, 
to draw or do something, if they're insecure about whatever, that they they project that on you. And I find like, I think this, and this is so heightened with with social media because we're so aware of what everybody else is doing. And I found mm-hmm. even myself, like there are some accounts I need to just not look at because even just, yeah. um, I find myself being really concerned about the people or I find myself yeah. like, man, this would be exhausting for me. So I feel exhausted for them yeah. because of the choices they're making or what they're doing, or this would stress me out. So I'm mm-hmm. feeling stressed out for them. So I find myself doing that and even thinking like, should I send a comment? Cause I feel concerned about it. And it's like, <laughs> no, I shouldn't <laughs> no. step away from your computer. <laughs> yeah. I need to just, yeah. first of all, I'm just, First of all, I'm in a cheap seat. I mean, now, sure. yes, I'm there blogging, too. I'm there on Instagram, too. Yeah. I don't have a proper view of what they're going through. Yeah. So I cannot comment on it. That's one thing. But also, um, you know, they they need to decide their own boundaries and tolerances yep. and, you know, what, what they can and can't do, what they're willing to do. Mm-hmm. They need to decide that on their own. That's oh, yeah. not for me to hop in and send them a comment and correct them so they're living in a way that is comfortable for me. Yeah. (laughs) No. (laughs) Correct. And it happens a lot. So if you're following an account that you feel yourself being worried about the person and that you feel like you need to say something, you need to unfollow is what you need to do. Good idea. And just step away. And so that's, that's what I do. I unfollow or I stop watching their stories or and it's not that I don't like them in most cases I really like them and I find that I'm just yeah. becoming overly concerned about things in their life <laughs> from these from like two minutes of watching Instagram <laughs> stories you right. know so anyway yeah. but yeah but everybody think, has their own thing that they're bringing to yes. the table so you need to understand that, that yes. when people are making comments about you know whatever yes. it, it's coming from it's all being run through their own filters and their own mm-hmm. lenses. And, but man, there's, there is something, I know totally different topic, but there is something about social media that just removes the humanity in yeah. some people. Like for that, just that moment, there's just this, you're not a human and I'm not a human yeah. and I can just say whatever, say whatever I, I say. want without any ramifications yeah. or anything. Yeah. Well, and that's why, you know, because I mean, even just in thinking about telling that story, you know, think about what if I had been in a place, you know, now at the time, I believed I was very personally resilient. And I think in ways I was, I think in other ways, mm -hmm. I was like a newborn baby, really, I had so much to learn about (laughs) those things, you know, boundaries, and who gets to tell me that I'm that I'm good or that I'm healthy or mm-hmm. that I'm uh, a good wife or a good mom or, you know, all those things, you know, but I was creatively resilient. You know, I was very secure in who I was and what I was doing as a creative. And so imagine if I had been, you know, in a place of, I don't know, mediumish <laughs> resiliency, <laughs> like how bad that could have gone or, or low, you know, even worse. So I just, I think, you know, and I did know at the time, I knew, you know, even then that, you know, whoever said it was just, you know, that was a reflection of what they were feeling and and going through or uh, how they chose to respond to what I was going through, you know, probably based on their own experiences. Uh, But, you know, you knowing that is, is one thing, you know, knowing, knowing is great. I think when we can get to the place where we accept that in other people, where we really do accept that sometimes they are going to hurt us out of their own hurt, you know, that's where, and that's all about you. That's not about them. That's not about Mm -hmm. them or them asking for forgiveness or them saying I'm sorry or them getting it. Uh, I feel like I'm living that in my own life in many different ways. You know, that is an internal thing. And when we get to a place where we can just accept that, okay, 
this is how this is, or this is what, you know, this being said, creatively, it just wounded me in this way. It made me feel this and this and this. And when we can accept that and we lose the expectation, I know this sounds like super lofty and hard, but I've lived it. So I'm sorry if it sounds insensitive, but like when we can lose the expectation of that going away and we quit telling ourselves that we're going to get to be in a place where we don't get that kind of feedback sometimes. Um, and we accept that people are just, when they're hurting, they're probably going to hurt you, you know. Mm-hmm. It just helps. It, it helps begin the actual healing process of those things. And then you can remove the weight of it, you know. Um, you can give them the ball back, you know what I mean? So now yeah. I can be in a place where I can say, nope, I'm not... I'm not going to carry that, you know, but that takes time and practice and diligence. And, and I think we continue to learn that in our own lives and, and, and creatively over time. You know, we're not, someone could say something to me six months from now about my work that is really difficult to deal with, you know, so that doesn't go away. We're, we're always going to be learning how to deal with that, I think. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. It's, it's going to be a constant process. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, um, a part of the resiliency comes from, and we've talked about this a lot that in, you just enjoy creating or you yeah. enjoy, let's say this has kept you from creating, but you've yeah. always wanted to, um, I would just urge you to do it, like prove, prove them wrong. Use it as, yep. use it as that kind of fuel to get the fire in your anyway. belly to say like, I'm going to, I'm going to defy that. I'm going to yeah. do it anyway. And I'm going to, and I'm going to enjoy it. Like I'm actually going to love doing it. And whether what I make is good or not, whether mm-hmm. what I make ends up anywhere or not, like that's, that would just be icing on the cake. Yep. But what I'm going to do is is I'm going to defy that, those negative voices. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it anyway, because there's, there's a pull within me that's stronger than those negative voices. Um, I love, um, Brene Brown was on magic, the magic lessons podcast. Mm -hmm. It's such a good episode. I think it's, it's either the end of episode one or season one or season two, maybe. Yeah. It's the the end of one of the seasons. Mm -hmm. And, um, and she said that criticism is a small price to pay, for doing what you love and for being whole because creative work is soul work. It's Mm -hmm. not just what we do. It's who we are. And, um, I just loved that. I loved the way she said that. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's the thing it is. It is such a personal deep thing. Our creative work is, you know, anything, honestly, you know, it's so funny to me how we sometimes even phrase that ourselves on this podcast, you know, like creative work, the truth is, is that we're all, we're all creative beings and no matter what it is that we're doing, whether we're going to an office every day, mm-hmm. <clears throat> those things actually, it affects people all the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's wounding that happens in what we would consider a corporate office place, you know, all day, every day, you know, that's, sure. so we're not really... When we're talking about creative wounding, I think what we're talking about is normal everyday wounding that's happening to all of us all the time, and it's affecting our creative work, you know? So just know, you know, know that, that it is, um, it is soul work. It is a big deal. And that's why it hurts. You know, that's why it feels really awful because you're not, uh, you are putting whatever that work is out there. And even if it's for yourself or if it's for another brand, you are putting it out there and saying, this is mine. This is me. And that's mm-hmm. tough because then then by proxy, you are inviting everyone into that conversation, you know, to tell you what they think about it. And some people are yeah. filled with, you know, graciousness about it and some, you know, not so much. So it just, you know, that depends on who you run across and timing. And I would say... From your wounding, <clears throat> as difficult as this is, there is so much to learn from it. There really is. If if we can get to a place where we see that there's something to learn from it, uh, you know. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that next time because I yeah. think that's one of the benefits of remaining teachable and pliable yeah. and plastic and all of those things that mm-hmm. when you do get criticism, you can actually 
you can see the value in it. You can say like, yeah. okay, what is there to learn here? Yeah. And then um, maybe maybe there's nothing to learn. Maybe somebody's just having a bad day and that <laughs> bad day is just spilling out on you. <laughs> but maybe there is something to say like, you know, let me examine this. Let me, and I've mm-hmm. had to do that many times on my blog. And I'll tell you my relationship with the comment section is much healthier. Once mm-hmm. I first, I started reading the comments with some grace for the yeah. people who are leaving them, like saying like, you know, sometimes this, this bad comment's not about me. It's about something going on yeah. with them yeah. and, and having some compassion for them that like, this is where it, it, it's, it's at such a critical level that it's, it's not all about out onto the internet. Yeah. yeah. And, and feeling some compassion for them. And instead of replying with some snarky, great lightning bolt comeback, um, I'm going to reply. <laughs> have you with ever a, done that? Uh, no, I've never done that. I yeah. never have. Um, I have written it out, but yeah. I have never sent it. Sometimes it's just therapy. Yeah. Um, but I make sure my, like my rule of thumb is if I'm not willing to have it plastered all over the yep. internet, whether it's in an email, a DM, uh, my little comment section, if I'm not willing to have it plastered all over the internet, I'm not going to write it. Mm-hmm. So there are times when I'll write like, you know, I don't understand this comment or I, I disagree, but I've never just yeah. gone. I'm, I never go to. I was actually being let, facetious. I knew you hadn't. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I Okay. Well, I answered that comment literally, uh, but I never have. And I think it's important not to. Yeah. Because once you then start to engage in this snarky, um, like back and forth, you're doing exactly what they're doing. You know, yeah. you're, you're judging them and you're. You know, which it's like, yeah, they left a comment in a public place. Like they are opening themselves up to judgment, just how you're opening yourself up to judgment mm-hmm. by posting something. But that doesn't mean you take advantage of that. That doesn't mean that now the door is open and you guys can just skin each other alive well, publicly. You know, isn't what, it what just good like, does can't that we do? Just yeah, be like kind of. Uh, can we not just try to be people of light, you know what I mean? And yeah. try to just bring yeah. good stuff into the world um, when yeah. we can. Because there are going to be, obviously, going to be moments where we just we just kind of lose it and we make, you know, we make a mistake, we say something. That's the time quickly. to step away from the phone and the That's keyboard. Right. You put it down. You are not allowed to pick them up again until you're in a good, until healthy place. Until you're in place. a neutral spot, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Um, and you know, if you feel like you need to write something out to somebody in reply, you go ahead and write it. Just don't send sure. it. Just write it out. Don't send word, it. word document. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not in an email with their address in there in right. case you press send. Don't Not do save that. to the cloud. <laughs> Keep yeah, that on your you personal be, computer. <laughs> <laughs> you can be the person who starts to break that cycle yeah. and be, you know, yeah. I'm not going to engage in that. And there are times when you have to just delete people or in a real life scenario, you have to remove someone from your life because they're toxic. It's not healthy. And, and then you just let it go. But, um, but yeah, we are going to talk about in our next episode about the benefits of remaining teachable, because when you're someone who sees yourself as you have more to learn in life, you're Mm -hmm. not always right somebody's criticism of you may be right on the mark and whether they're in a cheap seat or not, maybe you should at least give it a little thought Mm -hmm. and say, Hmm, okay. Somebody's perceiving me this way. This is not how I want to be perceived. So, um, let me take a look. Yeah. So maybe, maybe I need to make a little adjustment. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it gives you that ability. And, and so that, comments and criticisms aren't something that's devastating I think when you believe that you're always right and you're you're in this place of defensiveness yeah you know then then you can't accept criticism in a healthy way it's always going to feel like uh, like it's awful this major (laughs) Mm. grenade somebody threw in your life so Um, so we're going to talk about that next time and I'm excited about that. So me too. So creative contraptions. So I was just using these last night and mm-hmm. thought, what a joy. And I'll share them <laughs> with everybody. <laughs> what a joy. So these are, they, I really thought that, like, I just love creating with these. I feel like I like them better than pencils usually, but they're, um, mm-hmm. they're micron pens yep. or you can get them in all, all different sizes, but um, I think they're known for having these very little fine felt tip points. Yep. Oh, and Shauna's showcasing. I'm using one right now. It's like, 
got one right on my desk. They come yeah. in all different colors. I like the black and kind yeah. of the sepia tone ones. Yeah. And um, I think that they're wonderful for making little sketches. And one reason why I like sketching in pen is because it forces me to work with the mistakes mm-hmm. and it forces me to... Um, I'd be more intentional about every line and strokes and with mm-hmm. a pencil, I might be a little bit more, um, but also I, f- I feel like you can kind of be messy in ink and it still looks good. Oh, you know it does. You, totally. You do an ink drawing that looks kind of yeah. messy and sloppy. Like it just still well, works. Well, and you're, reason. yes. And, and I would say if others like you are very, <coughs> you know, you've got to bend towards, you know, some perfectionism, especially with your sketching. Yeah. It's like, that's good for you. You know, good job. It is. Way to, yeah. Just cause that's helpful. Cause you would sit there with a pencil and an eraser, man. And I do that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> for hours and hours. <laughs> yeah. So I've learned working charcoal's kind of a messy one too. And yes. I've learned working with charcoal's good for me. But um yeah, but yeah, working with the micron pens is good for me. I also like that you can use them on watercolors. They are yes. water fast, so they're not gonna bleed. Yeah, that's what I was gonna um, say. They're great for that. Yeah. So they're they're just awesome all around pens. Mm-hmm. And they're really nice for writing too. Yes, you can get I love them like a zero zero five. So mm-hmm. they're like, let me see teeny, what I yep, that's tiny. what mine is right now. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So you can it's make these great. great little teeny itty bitty lines. So they almost mm-hmm. look like pencil, the really fine ones. So, so that's our creative contraption for the day. You can find them at um, like craft stores and of course you can get mm-hmm. them on Amazon and anywhere art supplies are sold. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I hope, I hope this has been an encouragement to you or just made you even think a little bit about yep, me too. Me too. what people have said to you, but also about what you say to other people. Oh, so yes. hopefully it has you thinking both ways. And join us next time when we talk about the benefits of remaining teachable. See you guys then. Thanks so much for listening to the Creative Exponent Podcast. Our original theme was written by A Walker Spring and recorded by Ellie Swope and Johan Wagner. And if you like The Creative Exponent, please subscribe and leave us a review. You can find us at www.thecreativeexponent.com. And you can also send us an email at hello at creativeexponent.com. 